Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and we're back with an update of what's been going on in the royal family, in the world of the royals for the last few weeks. I'm joined as always by Russell Myers. How are you? I'm very well, very well indeed. It's nice to I be back. Been... little summer episode. Oh, I know, it all sort of rolls into one. I mean, the summer is nearly over. We're normally back to full full throttle royal business i can see it in the distance we've had a few announcements this week we've had a few big family moves haven't we we've had some big podcast release it's been pretty jam-packed we have yes so just to discuss this week we're going to be talking about we finally got the first episode of megan's spotify podcast uh which there's lots and lots of lines from and the cambridges are finally we always you know there's been reports that they're moving to windsor for ages but we finally got some confirmation in the form of the new school that george charlotte and louis are going to be attending so let's kick off with the cambridges so uh lambrook school well, indeed. I mean, listen, we've known about this for quite some time, hasn't it? It's been discussed. It's been sort of mooted that they were going to go to this school in Berkshire. The, the Cambridges have long thought about a move to Windsor and it's finally upon us. And of course, they're going to be still keeping on Kensington Palace, but um, their big move to Windsor and they're moving to a place called Adelaide Cottage. It's a four bedroom modest home i think it's been described the word as. the word modest has been thrown around a fair bit i mean i don't, but... I don't I just, you know it's, it's, it's slightly ludicrous but it, it, i mean if you're if you're used to living in a palace or a castle I, I reckon we can describe it as modest but it's all with the aim of giving the cambridge children as in quotes as normal upbringing as possible and i think with you know we've spoken about this at length everybody who even has a sort of cursory interest in the royal family are pretty well aware that Kate and William have tried to do things differently with their children. They like to do the school run. They don't like to do big, long tours now because they like to get back. They're trying to give their children, even though, of course, George will be king and uh, Charlotte and Louis will no doubt enter royal life in some shape or form as normal as upbringing as possible an opportunity to explore the world outside the confines of royal life and i think by moving to adelaide cottage you know literally literally in the shadow of windsor castle so they can pop over to see the queen whenever they want and it's only about a 15 20 minute uh, drive from their new school which will they will all be attending together uh, for the first time um, is really, really telling because they are they're trying to have this family life. They will forgo a living nanny. There won't be a living cook or chef like there has been at Kensington Palace. 
their working base will be in London at Kensington Palace. They will still keep that, of course. Um, I think, you know, we are in a very, very different world, aren't we, than we were a couple of years ago. Well, look at us. We've done this whole incredible award-winning podcast from different locations all the time. Everybody is jumping on Zoom. People are probably only in the office. You know, some people in the office only two, three days a week, and therefore it is still working. The wheels haven't come off the world, and I suppose there is probably no better time for the Cambridge to explore this period, I suppose, of their new family life. And it will give them an opportunity to really have this um, well, this this period of, of, of normality, I suppose, because you know, the Queen's years are advancing. Prince Charles is 74 this year. William will become king. Kate become queen, you know, in the near future, I think it is fair to say. So what does that mean for the children? The still children are still quite young between the ages of nine and four. So, you, 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 you know, they, will, they may still be young adults, you know, potentially even children by the time... William and Kate come and step into the top job. So I think that this is a, a perfect opportunity. I don't think many people would begrudge them from doing that. I think many people realise that they uh, that that is part of parcel of the Cambridge way, as it were. However, a bit of controversy. I mean, it's obviously we do, we do need to pick apart these things because you know, an awful lot of money was spent on Kensington Palace. I think it was in the region of twelve to thirteen million pounds doing all that up, so they could they could live in apartment one A. They are still keeping Anne Hall as a holiday house, I suppose. That That's is their the, Norfolk, the, their Norfolk home, isn't it? Their big Norfolk home that was a gift from the Queen, but has obviously been um, had an awful lot of money spent on it. I think it's got tennis court, indoor swimming pool, that sort of stuff. So then you think, well, that's three homes. There's an all, there's another home up in Scotland that William was given um, on the on the Balmoral estate by the Queen Mother that we don't really hear a lot of very much because they normally go up to, to spend some time with the Queen and it's all encompassed within the Balmoral estate. But how many houses does, does one family need, you may ask? Um, I don't think an awful lot of money has been spent on, on Adelaide Cottage. It comes... Uh, uh, within the confines of the, the Windsor estate. So one would assume there's not too much more money being spent. And the reason why we do say this, the reason why money is important is because people are feeling the pinch. There is a cost of living crisis, not only within the UK, but obviously around the world. And I think when people are struggling um, and stuff like this has happened, not to mention sending your three children to one of the best private schools in the country at a tune of between 50 and 70,000 pounds a year for the three of them to go there. I, I mean, some people may argue, I think I would argue that, you know, is it the right optics? Does it really matter? Should the Royals be separate away from us? The Cambridges obviously want to be seen as a bit more normal. We have been told that they definitely want to be known as William and Catherine moving forward. Some of these things are obviously don't really sit well um, when you're examining them like that. But of course, they are part of the royal family. So nobody's expecting them to get the bus to school, potentially you know, go to the local comprehensive. So I suppose it's a bit of a give and take with some things. And, um, and they're a bit damned if they do, damned if they don't, aren't they? 
So what do we know about Lambrook so far? So it's a prep uh, co-education, so girls and boys prep school. It's got mm. 615 children and they will be there from the age of three till 13. So it will be, so how yeah. long will George will do, what, four years there and then go up to the next level of education? Yes, and then he might go to somewhere like Eton. I mean, somewhere like Marlborough where uh, both, uh, we're sorry, so where uh, William went to Eton, Kate went to Marlborough College. And so maybe they maybe they will stick with the tried and trusted methods. Maybe they will move away from it. I mean, I've been told that they that 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 isn't a cert by any means that they those two schools are being considered because they definitely do want to try and you know give their kids uh, an option. Um, so I mean, the tried and trusted methods of sending royal uh, men to to Eton is certainly not cemented on the agenda. I mean, Lambrook is a big school. I mean, as you say, 615 boys and girls aged 3 to 13. That is a big school for a public school. Um, we're in the UK, by the way. We say public school for lots sort of private and boarding schools. Yeah, and nobody That's, really knows why. The, I don't think you're meant no, to ask. I, yeah. really <laughs> I mean, you could just say private schools. But like in the US, obviously, public school is a is a comprehensive school a school that a member of the public normal member of the public can go to you you and i would be be frequenting and then um and then you know you you, this this, it's i mean it's amazing facilities that's what you pay the money for 52 acres of countryside it's got its own nine hall golf course an indoor 25 meter swimming ball the you know woodland on the estate as well so it's got an it's got an orchard it's got bees chickens and pigs well, see, I mean, that's what you pay the money for, right? Exactly. But it does seem everything is on campus. And not only is it really close to Windsor Castle, so they can come back and see uh, Great Granny. They can be at home because they're not going to be boarding. There is an option to board at certain junctures if they so choose or certain days. But I think it's really important for the Cambridges to have the family at home. And being at Adelaide Cottage does allow them to do that. So, I mean, listen, I, I think it. I think it is a good option. The three children will be at school together for the first time. And so um, I think there was a very nice thing said about the, the, the children, wishing them on their way, wasn't there? There was uh, some, some, some words from St Thomas's, which is the school in Battersea that George and Charlotte have been attending. And no doubt there is an awful lot of excitement at, uh, at Lambrook as well. So, I, I mean, let's, it, I'm sure we won't see what effect it will have on the children, whether we will start seeing the children do more engagements like we have over the you know the lead up to the platinum jubilee um which was rather nice i thought we we saw them go to to to, to wales it was in wales wasn't it that the, yeah. the george and charlotte went to you know obviously louis stole the stole the show <laughs> at certain junctures or of throughout the platinum jubilee i think it will prepare them for a much better rounded experience of life being at home being close to the queen um having that that environment around them and um regardless of your thoughts of sending children to private school it can um it should surely be a good thing the family are sort of keeping all together and and william i suppose trying to right the wrongs of his own childhood i suppose being packed off to school at seven years old or or whenever it was i assume he was very very young and when william was at eton we know that he used to go and have tea with the queen didn't he where she kind of you know gave him guidance and talked to him mm. obviously knowing that she was training up you know one of her heirs and it might be interesting if George and you know the other children will get to maybe not that level of going for tea because he's still a bit young for that properly but to have that closer relationship with his 
great, you know. Yeah, I, mean, you know gang, I, gang. I, I get the I get the feeling, and certainly what I've, I'm told anyway is that the relationship that the the Williams children have with the Queen is very very different to the relationship that he had. His was a lot more formal within the parameters of you know making sure there was proper appointments, and I, I suppose a, a lot more stuffy, for a better word. And he has tried to break down those barriers, um, certainly within his own um, raising of his children. But but I think that a lot of people have probably relaxed around him certainly prince charles was i think is a is a different grandfather to i suppose that the the, the elder people that he was brought up around and so it's part of this evolution isn't it and and certainly william and kate have really tried to to bring that into their own family life and um and and hopefully that you know the children will be a lot more rounded for it and not the first royals to go to lambrook there were two others dates back a little bit. The school dates back to 1860 and in 1878 two of Queen Victoria's grandsons Prince uh, Christian Victor and Prince Albert were there and apparently Queen Victoria used to go down from Windsor Castle to Lambrook and watch the boys play cricket which I think is quite nice. Oh, this is this is extraordinary knowledge. Yeah. The, well, thank you. Uh, Definitely not reading from notes. I'm just taking this all all off the top of my head. (laughs) No, it's really exciting. And hopefully we will get my favourite photos of the royal kids that we always get at those first day of school pictures. And hopefully we will get one of those because it's Louis's first day, isn't it? When they do start in September. Because we had had pictures for George's first day, then pictures for Charlotte's first day. So I'm hoping we get the one of the three of them in their new uniforms. What do you reckon? Well, I I think that's a fair bet, to be honest. I think this this announcement has come, so there wasn't sort of a big fanfare. It kind of softened the the announcement of the Cambridges moving to Windsor, despite it being widely publicised. And I think that, uh, I think if you were a betting person, you could put a pound on the fact that we will probably get some school photos in the near future. Very exciting. Now, on to Megan, and we have finally had our first episode of her new, very, very highly anticipated podcast. Uh, So we've both been listening to this today. It is an interview with uh, Serena Williams. So it's going to be, there are going to be 12 episodes. This, the first one was an hour, and the idea of it is to rip apart the boxes women have been put in, picking apart the labels put on women. So in like words like slut, diva, uh, dragon lady was in there as well. Um, But this episode focuses on ambition. And there's really some interesting talking points. But before we get into those, what did you think of it overall? Well, I mean, listen, I'm not the target market, am I? But I was very, very, I was actually quite excited because when I read the blurb that you've just read out, I thought, oh, this is going to be really interesting. We're going to be meeting and discussing some really high, high level issues of ambitious, successful, real go-getting women, their, their lives, how they sort of developed into the characters that they have become. Very, very big personalities. I think we've got Serena Williams. Well, obviously, Serena Williams this week, Mariah Carey. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. Week. But I just thought, my honest opinion is, I I just thought it was the Megan show, and I there was a real missed opportunity for for Serena Williams to speak. I mean, here is one of the legends of the sport, the greatest female tennis player to play in her generation 23 grand slam titles i think she got 14 doubles titles grand slam titles she's seen it she's done it she is she has come from a deprived area in los angeles she's speaking as a black woman a black athlete in tennis 
um, a female athlete, a black female athlete in tennis, who broke the mould for others to come after her, who really had to really struggle in her formative years. The relationship with her father, what is ambition to her? How did she actually develop from, you know, a go-getting kid to, you know, smashing the record books completely? And it failed on every single aspect of that, unfortunately. For me, I thought that it was, I mean, we we were introduced to it, I mean, for 15 minutes, we didn't even hear anything for for quite a while. There was some instances where I thought it was a bit of score settling for Megan without even really mentioning it. She mentions the fact that, you know, Megan, uh, that Serena is her good friend that we didn't already know. I mean, obviously, Serena threw her that rather extravagant baby shower in New York uh, a few years ago. But she mentioned it like four, five, six times that, that you know, that my good friend, remember you were at my house. Remember when we were FaceTiming? I mean, we get it. It's it all just seemed a bit self-indulgent. And uh, I don't know. I mean, let, let, let's let's pick it apart because some of the anecdotes that were were described, I think, will um were quite surprising. I mean, we have a story that's definitely set to roll rough, ruffle royal feathers um, about Archie in the 2019 tour of South Africa that I was at. This is the first time I've ever heard this story. I am very, very surprised that this story never, ever leaked out. And this is a story about Archie was being put down by his nanny and they just arrived in Cape Town. They were going to an event. He's being put down for his nap and the nanny goes down decides to take him downstairs while she's going to make a snack or something and in that sort of brief interim period where they're downstairs apparently a heater catches fire in the nursery where he had been put um and there was a big there was a fire there was smoke people were crying and then after making a speech megan is told of this horrific event and yet then told that she has to get up and get out there and go to another event which incidentally was at a museum I mean, I was there in South Africa. I don't understand why there was a heater being used because it was about 80 degrees. Um, That's not to say that the heater could have exploded and not been on. Um, Nobody had spoken about this ever. I'm surprised that Megan didn't ever mention this to, to Oprah Winfrey. One would have thought that that would have been straight on the agenda because of the way that she paints this story about, you know, the, the, the royal machine had told her that the show must go on and she must get out there. Listen, I've been on engagements. And members of the royal family have either cancelled because some of their children weren't well or they weren't feeling well. There's all manner of times as that happened. It happened when, when Meghan wasn't feeling very well when they initially went to Australia. So I, when she was suffering from morning sickness. So the, the schedule can always be changed. But And I listen, don't think let's, anyone, let's, would, let's, anyone would have criticised her for no, of course not. staying home to... with her, you know, very young child, like anyone. But we d- you wouldn't have even needed to tell the press if they wanted to be, you know, secretive or, or just didn't need to tell anyone about it. Just needed to say that she wasn't there, she was uh, feeling unwell or she was looking after her child. Yes, it's a really one of that's, I think, been one of the biggest talking points uh, from the podcast or from people I've discussed it with anyway. And it is, you know, it's it's a one of those terrifying things but it's and it's interesting that she's picked this opportunity to discuss it in as well this is what I found quite strange as to how this came up in conversation in this well, podcast 
Well, absolutely. And I was quite surprised because she said she references the fact that she's friends with Serena. Great friends, confidants, FaceTiming all the time. Harry's mates with her. I mean, he makes a, a rather um, brief cameo of, of it, which I'll come to in a minute. But the fact that Serena Williams had never heard the story. Um, I mean, that's listen, that's not to say something hadn't happened. It's not to say at all that it wasn't true. I just think a lot of people at the moment are saying the, the, the fact of how has this just come out? Um, I think it, it the the actual context of when th- this was being described, Serena Williams was actually talking about something which was super super interesting about how she's she's just this is the big interview the world wanted. Serena Williams, the le- a legend of the sport, has just announced her retirement. Um, she will leave a huge huge hole within the game of tennis, not just the women's game, the, 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 and as in sport in general, will be the poorer for without her around. So she tells a story about how she was just had a baby, Olympia. Um, they're talking about the you know, misconceptions about women and young girls and the labels that are put on them. And she was battling to try and get back to work of being a championship tennis player. And she had a match to play at the US Open. And I think, if I remember correctly, Olympia has a fall. She falls out of her high chair and she injures her wrist. And it's quite serious. I think she, she has a fracture in it and she's a, only a young kid. But then she's goes to hospital she's patched up and then um serena has to go out and play and she says she's totally distracted she's totally um not with it but she ends up winning the game and she says you could see that time i wasn't in the moment and then megan just totally takes over and says well it's, it's exactly like it's exactly like i had something like that and tells her own story, her own anecdote. And it just smacked of something. You know, that you get those friends where you tell a story and they sort of outdo you outdo you with another one in the pub. Well, you, you'll never guess what happened to me. And I just thought it was a real missed opportunity that someone like Serena Williams, who I greatly admire, is admired and revered around the world, that she, she wasn't able to sort of give her her story about ambition about growing up as a young black girl going into the world of tennis and sort of smashing the glass ceiling for those who came after her and and of course what she wants for for her daughter um and what sort of society does she want her, her daughter to be brought up in so we unfortunately we just didn't hear any of that Obviously, talking about ambition um, and how she was always... Megan spoke quite a lot about how ambition was always driven into her at her school. She spoke actually really nicely about the school she attended um, when she was younger and the nuns that had founded it. But the, she also mentioned how she didn't, she'd never realised that ambition could be a negative thing. Yeah, so that line saying she didn't know it could be negative until she started dating Prince Harry. How do you think that will go down? Well, she talks about ambition, you've heard there, as a terrible, terrible thing. And I think that that, that definitely was a veiled uh, dig. But I think you look at the Queen. The Queen has had huge ambitions throughout her lifetime. Um, the How the Commonwealth has flourished under her reign. How uh, other royal women have gone on to... Um, make great strides in areas. Let's take the Duchess of Cambridge in the girls' education. Let's take the mental health uh, work that they've been doing. You look at the Countess of Wessex has done huge, um, made huge strides in Africa with women subject to domestic violence. 
I, I just don't buy this. I don't, I don't understand why she immediately thought that ambition was curtailed or it wasn't allowed to... to I mean, listen, we've, we've heard this to the cows come home about that they felt that they weren't able to spread their wings and this is why, um, that why they left the royal family. But the very fact that they're hitting out at the palace <laughs> for, for once again financial gain, we've heard all this. We've, we've heard all this. We know that they've left... We know that they didn't, um, they weren't prepared to fit into the mould of, of, of what the monarchy was like. And good luck to them. They're making an awful lot of money. But I don't, again, the interviewer's skill, surely on a format like this, should be allowed, should allow your guest to completely express themselves, to tell you what their story is. It's a great series from the BBC. Most people in the world uh, or, or familiar with podcasts will know about it. Desert Island Discs. You take someone's story and really get to the, the, the nub of who they are as a person by exploring their musical taste. But you, you, you get to find out fascinating insights. And I thought we would get something like that with Serena Williams, maybe with Mariah Carey. Um, but... You know, if you're not going to allow the person to speak and you're just going to speak about yourself, what are you what are you going to achieve? I mean, uh, again, I just just, again, I I just smacks of missed opportunities to me, unfortunately. But as we said, there are 12, 12 episodes in the series, she said, um, which I didn't know if we knew that before, but she definitely said a dozen in this one. So are there any other big names you'd like to see? Do you reckon maybe she might get Michelle Obama? Well, that would be the big name, wouldn't it? I mean, Definitely. maybe Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, who else? Who else could be? be I mean, listen, two, two big, two big superstars to, to kick it off with. Um, maybe somebody said to me today, maybe she's got all her gripes out the way in the first episode. There can't be many more, surely. I mean, it's a big thing to say that you were you were forced to 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 go um, <laughs> back on stage or, or back out and and do engagements after your son had been nearly stroke not involved in a uh, in a house fire um having you dig at the palace about the fact that uh, you know ambition is a dirty word or whatever but um uh, maybe maybe she maybe she will allow but one would assume these have all been recorded already and it, it struck me i mean people will will no doubt come on to me and say you're just digging out megan i would be really really interested to hear because i was really up for it. I was really interested to, to hear about the concept of, of women in leadership roles and certainly the labels and the tropes that are put on women um, in society. And I, do, I just don't think they really got to the nub of that. But again, one would assume it's all been recorded. I would really I'd be really interested to hear what our American cousins think, because I felt it was really schmaltzy and a bit I don't know, just a bit lovey-dovey. And I was kind of surprised that Sawini Williams had sort of reduced herself to that. It just didn't really make any sense that it was just very, very gushing. But, you know, I'm not alone in thinking this. We've, you know, we've had um, certain columnists in the papers, ranging from the Times, the Mail, the Telegraph, all today. I mean, they're the, the main ones I've, I've seen have, have pretty much all said the same and saying, we don't really learn anything from it, and it's a it's a missed opportunity. So let's let's wait and see. I mean, there's twelve episodes, and it can only get better, in my opinion. And some of the people she said are people she's never met before, so it'll be interesting to see how they compare. And I completely understand she's this is a new thing for her. I know that she is an actress, but this interviewing thing is a new thing for her. She knows that every single person is going to be criticizing, and maybe it's nice and it was a nice comfort for her to start with a friend 
someone that she feels very, you know, hopefully safe her? with. Is she, is she friends with her? I didn't. She didn't mention that. <laughs> so it would be didn't. interesting to see how she is with other people when maybe she has more of a kind of interview head on rather than a, a catch up or a chat. But I think was... she just not needs not to make it about herself. That's page one, surely. Anyway, we'll we'll move on. We'll come back to this at a later date. Yeah, no well, we've got yes, yeah, so the next one next week. So we'll go from there. Now is it weekly? It is Sorry, weekly. It, it is. Oh, joy of joys. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, apart from another episode of the podcast, what have we got coming up next week? Or in the well, next few have, weeks? What have we got coming up? Well, we've got we've got uh, next few weeks. Obviously, we have the uh, the return of school. I'm just looking at my diary, actually. No, it's probably the week after next. No doubt Harry and Meghan will be touching down in the UK because they have the uh, their sort of mini tour, don't they? They've got a couple of engagements on the, uh, the 5th and 6th of September, week after next. So no doubt we'll be touching that. They're at the One World Summit, the Youth Summit, and they're at the... Um, well child awards they're popping over to dusseldorf to launch the invictus games 2023 which will be in germany next year so god i mean it's all going off isn't it it always does this in september doesn't it we're picking up we're picking up and then we've got uh, prince william has announced he will be in new york it's going to be a flying visit a fleeting visit to new york he is going to be visiting the big apple ahead of the earthshot prize awards in boston and uh, fingers crossed, I'll get to go. I'm sure that'll be, uh, be a big trip for William and um, sort of kick off the new year, is it? It's, a, it's sort of a, a new term, like the school term. That'd be exciting. New York is one of those places you don't tend to see royals that often, is it? We obviously had Sophie Wessex was there mm. earlier this year, but it doesn't. it's quite a different, different vibe, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose, I mean, if the royals normally go to Washington I know obviously William and Kate are going to be in Boston for for a shot um last royals to be there were, were were Harry and Meghan so let's see if it's around the same sort of fanfare but uh yeah lots to look forward to definitely now thank you so much for joining me Russ and thank you to everyone for listening as always we are on social media Twitter and Instagram at Podsave. and until next time Pod save the Queen. 